All right. Woke up early morning, 10 a.m. That's early for me in this in this quarantine to hop on the on the phone once more with my fellas. Back to back recording days, man. We're not no Kawhis here on the Back Judge Podcast. No load man. Yes, sir. Spe- no, sir. We're, we're especially back in not the in the pinnacle of the season. And especially in, in a time of need for many people out there. I mean, there's there's no excuse, really, not to be just just getting you know these airwaves moving. Pushing, pushing data Listen, our, through the universe. Getting our business model is this is what it's made for. It's times like these, all right. And our content is elevating right now, and uh, you know we're we're our business is booming to say. And uh, I'm excited. I mean, I was I was up into the wee hours last night breaking down these wide receiver prospects. Made a couple improvements to the draft lab as well. I've been working on the ping pong table mainly. I added a uh, a combine testing chart. So I got all the all the positions and, and where they should land in terms of testing, you know, for for not red flags to show up. Mm. Uh, I got and then I got a list, offense and defense, of all the guys still that I, I want to get to on tape, just to organize my thoughts a little bit and, and get it together. Because sometimes it can be overwhelming. It's like, oh God, I gotta watch this guy and now I gotta watch this guy and I'm mm-hmm. feeling behind. And just to put it all all down on paper, I was able to prioritize myself. I was like, who do I want to watch? And then I looked at a two round mock and if anyone fell through the cracks, I, I filled them in mm-hmm. and uh, just, just feeling, feeling excited about, about what we've got going on. And the draft's coming up, man. It's like, what, three weeks, three weeks. Got to start grinding it's this Thursday, tape. April 2nd today. I'm assuming that means it's exactly three weeks yep. away, right? 21 days, 23rd. That's good math, Ooh. Tommy. Look at look at us That's with this quick math. math. Look at me more specifically. So, um, Let's get into some pass catchers. Yeah, I'm really excited to start breaking down this wide receiver class with you guys because it's generally regarded as one of the stronger classes to come out. Um, and, you know, one of the stronger classes in this draft. It's getting compared to the, the Mike Evans, Odell, Devontae Adams. Uh, they're saying that many receivers – could could go in, in in the top three rounds, and so for the first little you know dipping our toes into the water here, uh, we studied Lavisca Chenault, we studied Jalen Rager, KJ Hamler, Brandon Ayuk, and Brian Edwards, and just uh, let's let's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it over to Lee I guess, but uh, Lee where kind of one through five did you rank these five specific players and give me a general round ranking that, that you landed on. Um, okay. To no surprises to the people that know me, my number one was LaVisca Chenault, and my projection for him was picks 10 through 32. I think LaVisca Chenault, uh, the only red flag to me is the medical, and I genuinely think that he will be able to stay healthy in the NFL. Um, I know that's kind of a, an assumption of sorts, but at the same time, I think that he has an NFL build. And um, I just have a hard time believing that injuries are going to hinder him for his whole career. So I think he's worth a first-round pick. Um, Coming in at number two, surprised myself a little bit with K.J. Hamler uh, coming in in that second spot. There were some things that disappointed me about him on tape. um, But ultimately, I think he's the second most reliable receiver on this list. And he really impressed me with some things. I thought I watched all of K.J. Hamler this year. There were a few things that I hadn't seen that impressed me even more than I thought they would. Um, and my projection for him was first round to mid-second. I don't really see him falling past the early early mid part of the second round. Um, and I really wouldn't be surprised if you see him go to a place like the Packers at the end of the first round. Uh, coming in at three for me was Brandon Ayuk. Probably the most uh, pleasantly surprised prospect I've been since I've watched this far. This is a guy who uh, kind of had a negative connotation, at least for me, coming in at Arizona State just based off of what I watched from Arizona State this year. They were a bit limited by a freshman quarterback who showed promise but wasn't really ever consistent. And uh, I just kind of thought their offense was a little bit one-dimensional and ran around Eno Benjamin a little bit too much. Then you turn on the tape and you see a guy like Brandon Ayuk who is coming in and extremely physical, plays bigger than he is, pops off the tape as a better athlete. And his catch radius I I thought was extremely impressive, comes off as extremely long and versatile. And I think Brandon Ayuk, to quote Tommy, has an extremely high floor out of all these guys. Maybe has the highest floor out of all these guys, um, in my personal opinion. And I don't see him falling past the second round. I think Brandon Ayuk is a guy who I really would be shocked if he's taken in the first round. But I guess it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing. But I can see Brandon Ayuk, similar to Hamler, 
early to mid second round would be a little less surprised if Brandon Ayuk fell to the kind of later second round. Um, but I don't see him passing the second round. Uh, coming in at fourth was Jalen Rager. I think Rager is extremely explosive. Um, the most similar to Tyreek Hill, let's say, out of all five of these guys um, in terms of great burst, wins a lot of one-on-one matchups with speed, and once he's got the ball in his hands, extremely hard to catch. Um, and But I just really don't think that he's well-rounded enough to take in the first or even second round, maybe late second round. I saw him as kind of more of a third-round prospect um, who's – it's going to take him a couple years to have that high-level production in the NFL. And then Brian Edwards came in and last for me. Not that he wasn't impressive. I just thought these guys are all really good football players. And Edwards, similar to Rager, I thought was a little bit, you know, you don't really see Edwards stand out that much on tape. He's not very dominant, um, at least not a, 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 as high of a volume as these other guys. And when he is dominant, it is impressive, and it definitely warrants someone who needs to be uh, – considered in the late second round or third round if you need a receiver. Um, but uh, ultimately, I think with all the guys on the board this year, he's a victim of, uh, of of not being quite as good or as explosive as the top guys. So I think he's more of a third-round guy. Tommy, what say you? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll piggyback off of Lee. Um, my number one guy is uh, Brandon Ayuk. I've had, a, I've had a crush on Brandon Ayuk for uh, ever since I saw him hurdle, hurdle that guy, uh, I believe, in the uh, – <laughs> I believe it was against Oregon State. So I, I could be I could be misremembering, but I remember when that popped up on my timeline back in October. I was like, this 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 guy's this guy's one of my guys. And uh, and then when when you know we we started to dive into the tape of all of these guys, I completely agree with Lee's sentiment in terms of his floor. And the thing with Ayuk is, one I think he definitely could play slot at the next level, and I think he could play outside too. He just reminded me a lot of uh, Stephon Diggs, incredibly crisp routes. The change of direction, just an effortless athlete. Uh, he ran a four-five, which I think he plays a lot faster than that. Not even that a four-five is slow, but I don't think that really. I saw some some guys saying that he didn't run as fast as they they thought he was going to. But I think overall, he's just an elite athlete. Um, again, he could play outside in the slot in the return game. He ran back a couple kicks and had the one against USC that he almost uh, the second one he almost took back. Uh, just an incredible athlete, great long speed acceleration. I just, I just love his athletic profile and, you know, his body is six foot two Oh five. So I think he, uh, has, you know, he could stand on to put on a little bit more weight, but, uh, Ayuk was just my number one guy. I think, uh, he, you know, like I said, with Lee has the highest floor and also could possibly have, uh, one of the higher ceilings out of all these guys. Um, and at two, I had KJ Hamler, like Lee Hamler was a guy who I think might be a little bit. Uh, more one-dimensional than a guy like Jalen Rager or uh, you know, especially LaVisca too. He definitely probably is going to you know, be a slot at the next level and he can't really play on the outside. But he can, I mean, I think he has a chance to be one of the, the better slots in the NFL just from day one. And I'm not really concerned about his size. Uh, he, you know, he played in the Big Ten, obviously. Uh, that's some physical football. He took hits. Uh, he's, you know, he can, he can have some concentration drops. He could work on his hands a little bit more, but... You can't deny that guy's speed and, and you know, just, you know, the, the, the common theme with a lot of these receivers in this class is just the type of athletes they are and the way that the NFL is going and the type of offenses that these offenses are running. Um, I think Hamler is a guy that just would, would turn into a quarterback's uh, best friend, you know, and he can stre- stretch the field. Um, I do think he needs to be, you know, th- it would be nice to have a number one on your team that can kind of make it easier for him to, to win at, at you know, against linebackers and, and nickel corners, really, and, and not getting a lot of attention from the defense, at least to start off with. Um, so, again, KJ Hamler. And, oh, yeah, for Ayuk, Ayuk I have, like, as a late first, early second, more on the early second side, and Hamler uh, I, has a, I have as a two as well. Um, my, third, my third overall prospect is Jalen Rager, who um, I, w- I was really impressed with. I, I told Lee about it, Clep. I don't know if you watched his Ohio State tape from last year. Um, but you just saw uh, he beat Damon Arnett. I think for the uh, he had a, a beautiful one-handed catch against Damon Arnett. Um, then he went into the slot. He beat Sean Wade, who's going to be coming out next year and is one of the top corners for next year's class. Uh, and then Akuda as well too. He uh, he beat Akuda. I want to say on like a ten and in. Um, and I just you know he's just an explosive athlete. Um, he ran a four four seven forty two inch vertical five eleven two oh six. Um, has great long speed with, you know, running after the catch does ha- I did see some drop issues. Um, but you know, even though despite his size, 
he he has some some nice uh, you know ups and jump balls. You saw it on tape too. I'm not surprised with the vertical that he can go up there and despite being a little bit more of a diminutive dude, he's uh, he's able to you know win in jump ball situations. But you know not on the same extent of handler handler, but he isn't really good at winning with physicality uh, and more as just like a pure deep threat. And I think I, he projects kind of as a high wide receiver wide receiver two at the next level. And I have a I have a second round firm second round grain on him. Then my fourth prospect is LaVisca, who I, I really like LaVisca a lot. Um, I just think that he has a little bit limited of a route tree. I think all the guys that I mentioned above him are better route runners than him and more natural route runners than him and can separate better than him. And that's kind of my number one thing with receivers is, is separation. And that seems to be something that translates from, from college to the NFL is if you can separate, you're probably going to be able to win at the next level or you're, at least you're going to have a – a better chance of winning at the next level against, you know, even more elite athletes at linebacker, safety, corner, obviously. Um, and LaVisca, I mean, I just would love to see him in, in a role where he's doing a lot of kind of like West Coast stuff and just getting the ball in his hands. And a lot of like what they did at Colorado, obviously he wasn't used to his fullest at Colorado and, and was in a, in a pretty poor situation with, with Montez, as I'm sure we'd all agree. But He's he's an explosive athlete and, and it was hard it was really hard to, to sort all these guys out. And I did, I guess I mean medicals aside, he you know, he's definitely a, a second round talent. I could justify I could see taking him in the first round, but you know, combined with the uh, the medicals, I mean I, I've I've brought it up before. I see him kind of as like a Debo Samuel, and that's that's no slight at all. We saw what Debo was able to do for, for San Francisco this year, and I think LaVisca can have a very similar role next year. Uh, I just hope he's he's healthy, but Lee, you mentioned it's 6'1", 227, 458. He's got an NFL body and, and I think is going to be a really good player at the next level. And then last but not least, Brian Edwards. Big guy. I mean, I, I like his size. Didn't, didn't, don't have any um, athletic testing on him, but he's 6'3", 212. Um, he basically was a slot, I think, for the most time. I, he kind of projects, I think, to me, at least, as a big slot. Uh, doesn't really separate that well to me, but is a nice route runner, can – win with his he has good intermediate routes his game against Alabama I, I think showed that uh, and he uses his body and his size well to and and he's he's good with the ball in his hands too so he's not a bad player at all but I had uh I had like a fifth round grade on Brian Edwards I think he's you know he's definitely worth taking on day fifth really in his class but compared Jesus, to, that's dude. that's low man he's pretty good for a fifth yeah, no, he's good, but I just, I mean, if we we're going to talk about other receivers, uh, he was the you, least. You just said Lavisca is your fourth, and you said you could see him going in the first round. And uh, you think Edwards is four rounds worse than that? Well, he's like a four. He's like a day three guy. I just like him not. I, mean, I would have said fourth if I knew it was going to get uh-huh. that much of a reaction. Well, don't but, say that because um, you think you're going to get a reaction. Jeez, I mean. <laughs> well, he's just like a day three. I don't think you know. I'm not. I'm kind of coming up with these on the fly, like the. I you know the four guys before I could see a team taking in the, in the first round especially in another year but um, they're they're all like incredibly talented for the most part I think secondary receivers I think Ayuk has a chance to be a one but that's the main thing with all these other guys is I only want to take a guy that I think is going to be a one in the uh, first round. Well, uh, let's let's have a little fun here because my my list is going to get a little wonky. Um, let's do it. So uh, my number one overall receiver from the five guys we did was Brian Edwards. Wow. I loved him. Wow. Um, I thought the Mizzou game was, I think, first of all, he dealt. I know we talk about Montez and and Chenault as not being a great quarterback, but when you look at the types of quarterbacks that Brian Edwards had to deal with at South Carolina. That Mizzou game was embarrassing, dude. Incomparable. That Mizzou game was um, if you watch them, If you watch the Missouri game, Tyler Holinsky probably had one of the worst quarterback games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, left at least 70 yards on the field for Brian Edwards and just missed throws. And then he was still able to have like 150 in a t- like in a touchdown. It was ridiculous. I bet and on South Carolina I just think, in that game. Yeah, and I mean, even even like, you know, Georgia, like they're bringing in this other guy, like number seven. He's kind of like a wildcat yeah, quarterback. Yeah. And like to de- not only like dealing with the fact that your starter is crap, but that they bring in this like scat back quarterback to like kind of like switch it up and it's just there's no consistency there he's clearly the best player on offense there um Tommy I don't know I mean he plays in the slot a good amount and I think it's a versatility thing but I don't think he's limited at all to like just playing there um he definitely can be an outside receiver in the NFL the thing with him is I mean he has average short area quickness he has uh, you know average kind of in and out of routes and he's average 
kind of like off the line of scrimmage in terms of just speed. So I agree with you with, with the separation stuff. But overall, I think he's somebody who's extremely underrated. I love his size. I love his speed. I love his physicality. You can watch him go on those little – um, you know, jet sweeps and he throws people off of him. He's kind of like Chenault in that way. I love his, I love his physicality. Mm. Um, and you know, and then there's no, there's not the injury history that you have with Chenault, who is my second overall uh, player. Uh, I think, you know, I'm concerned a little bit about the 40 time too. I know he's a big guy, but four five, eight is, is slow. Um, especially for, you know, a guy who I felt like on tape was a lot faster than that. That's what I was going to um, ask. Do you think that that's his and, speed? Do you think that that's all there really is yes. to it? Yeah, I, I, d- I, do. I don't. I don't think that that. And I think so, that the game speed is complete. Tells a completely different story. I mean, I I agree to a certain extent, but I'm also somewhat, as a Lions fan, jaded by T's Tabor that I saw four six two, and mm. that's the. I mean, that's what was on the field. So uh, I love Chenault's just football player. He's a football player. I love that about him. I think he's, he needs a smart football player. The fact that, you know, that they would trust him to make reads as a quarterback, you know, you see him go in there and take snaps mm-hmm. and run read option plays. I think he, he knows what he's doing. I, I love that about him, but then the, the injury history and the 40 are the two reasons I wouldn't, I wouldn't really consider touching him in the first round. And not only the turf toe and the labrum surgery that he had in 2018 with the toe in 2019, the labrum, he had to get surgery on his core after the combine. So it's like that's three surgeries in, in three years. That's just – I know, Lee, you're thinking um, – and I know I agree with you that he has the, the physicality in terms of just raw weight and numbers to be an NFL player. Um, but overall, that's definitely concerning. It's a trend so far that it's you know, three straight years and three straight surgeries is something that, that would concern me a lot. Um, but, I mean, and, and two, the 2019 tape, somewhat underwhelming. You have to go back to 2018 to really see, like, a first-round, first-round prospect, especially those Colorado State-Nebraska uh, games. He's awesome. Um, but also, too, I think, I think separation, especially on vertical routes, is, is an issue sometimes for Chanel as well. Um, third, I had Ayuk. I think all three of us are kind of in lockstep on Ayuk. Tommy, you seem to be a little bit higher than him, and I kind of disagree with you when you say that he has a high floor. I do think Ayuk – um, is raw. I don't know. I don't really think he has as high of a floor as, as you think he is. He's really good when it comes to like stems and speed cuts in his route. But when he tries to score off like standard route breaks, like a hitch or an in or an out, I, it, he really struggles to get in and out of those breaks and like sinking his hips and stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking, I think you should just go back and, and watch that a little bit. Try and, you know, watch him do hitch routes and stuff. He really struggles to get separation sometimes. But I mean, I, I think that he has a, a great ability to maybe you know, work in the slot, slowly ease into a system while also providing a lot of special teams value. Um, But like I was thinking, you know, a team like the Eagles who really needs to have a receiver who's going to produce year one, like when they take one in the draft, I don't think IU could be a good fit for them necessarily because of that. I think he needs at least one year of of development before he is truly, um, you know, an everyday type of reliable starter. And I don't know if I ever see him kind of being anything more than like a, a high number two receiver. So, but I had a, a solid second round grade on him. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I had a second round grade on him. Um, and Rager and Hamler, I had Hamler uh, fourth uh, and Rager fifth, but these are both guys that I would be very concerned taking uh, a day one or day two pick on. Um, a Hamler, I could see maybe at the end of the third, but uh, both of them have huge drop issues. Um, I guess I can start with Hamler first because he was my fourth overall guy, but um, he has issues with drops. Um, I think he, he has really good quick, you know, he, he's elite in terms of quick feet, short area quickness and all that, but I don't know if he has long separation speed. He didn't um, run it at the combine. I, I'm, I think that there's some question marks there in terms of just pure speed separation um, going deep. Uh, he, he's not a natural pass catcher. Like I said before, he has drop issues and he tends to just cradle the ball a lot or, or you know, uh, kind of catch it in his chest and he's he can't be an outside receiver in the nfl just due to his size and it's not that he's not an unwilling blocker but he just won't be really good at it and if you're looking at a slot in the nfl um you know you're going to be concerned running you know run plays to his side so i think he's just he's just really limited in that sense and it's just like with both of these guys rager and hamler it's like are you brandon cooks or are you Tavon austin and neither of them, to me, bring any red zone value uh, as well. And Rager is just the guy I didn't get. I don't know. Maybe I have to go back and watch the Ohio State tape because I, I didn't watch that. I watched Texas, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia. But 
I didn't really, I don't know. I don't really get what people are so excited about in terms of him. He reminds me of like a Philip Dorsett or a Nelson Aguilar, a guy who people just fall in love with the physical traits and the speed. But then at the same time, it's not like he's a 4-3 guy. He ran a 4-4-8, which is average in, in terms of wide receivers. So um, I just think he he play, you know, he beats a lot of off coverage. I think he could struggle if, if faced with press. Um, I, I don't think he is very great at the catch point um, in, in terms of, instincts and like there was a play against West Virginia where he you know literally let the DB you know knock the ball out of his hands because he didn't let it you know fall over his shoulder and he tried to pluck it out of the air for some reason and I can give you the timestamp or whatever but I and he has zero interest in, in blocking just absolute no interest in blocking and I, I just I I he's so limited to me and I don't understand why you would take him with a, a first or second day pick. I think he would fit in really well in a play. I think he's he kind of reminds me a little bit of a slower version of Miko last year coming out. And if you can get him in a place, yeah, but Miko ran. I looked at Miko, man. He ran like a four three one. Yeah, but Rager's Miko Miko got a more polished that. route tree. Rager beats good corners. Like I, you have to give because uh, I yeah. clip. I was similar to you early on watching Rager. I was like, this guy's going to be my number five, no doubt about it. And then as I watch more and more, and then I dipped a little bit more into 2018 and, and watch the Ohio State and stuff like that, you can see where there's that second round value there, and maybe even first. Like if he's if 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 he fits a team's scheme and and he can do similar to what he did in college, another guy who obviously not as bad as Brian Edwards, but overcame a little bit of erratic quarterback play. He played with three different quarterbacks his last three years Awful. at yeah, MCU. I know. And um, but, but I don't understand like the. I don't see him though as a guy who's gonna have like six to seven catches a game. Neither like, I do see I. Him as like oh like like three receptions, seventy two yards, and a touchdown. And I think it's it'll like take him a couple of week, years is, to yeah. get to that level of production, in my opinion. I just see him like going to the Vikings in the first round, and I'm like, please do that, like please do that. Yeah. Please make no, that. I don't pick. think that's like. I do in. I mean, I don't think the value is there for him in the first round, especially the Vikings. But I do. Like like you said, Clap, I probably agree with you that he's like a three to five catch guy, probably like five catches at most. Um, but I think you can that can be incredibly valuable in terms of him just being a complete like vertical game breaker if you do have a number one receiver. If you had a guy like Adam Thielen who does the majority of kind of like the intermediate intermediate and, and dirty routes and just as a pure deep threat. And I think he's a guy who can who can develop. Um, I know, but it's like it's like maybe but, and maybe I'm relying too much on the combine and stopwatch, but four four eight isn't exactly blow the top off the defense. He's not Brandon Cooks, not Tavon Austin, not um, Deshaun Jackson, not McCole Hardman. All those guys are four three studs and this guy's running a four eight. Like yeah. that's not that's not top end elite speed. It's not. I th- yeah. I don't think I think he I mean I think he's a better receiver. And it's like uh, I, I I would like I would love to compare him to Brandon Cooks in in a sense, but he runs a full you know full you know point one slower than him, and he doesn't have the toughness that Cooks had. Cooks has like when you know Cooks was in his prime in New Orleans, and and uh, he had like a little bit of uh, an edge to him, and I don't see any of that with Rager, despite the fact that he is two oh six. With Hamler, I see he's scrappy yeah. and and stuff, and he's willing to put his nose in there. But at the end of the day, if you're five seven one seventy, it's just not going to happen for you. Yeah, so I, I think I don't know. Both of these guys, I, just, I project is extremely limited. I said five and a half, one seventy-eight. He's so he's so slight on tape, Lee. He's not gonna. Like, I completely disagree. I completely, and I think that he's the only out of these five guys. There two guys got a plus blocking grade for me, and it was Edwards and Hamler. Obviously, Hamler Hamler cares. Hamler, he cares, but he's not effective. Hamler is effective for his size. Absolutely, he's a plus blocker for his size. You can't ask him to do much more than he's doing out there blocking wise. And he got he got so many reps. He did so much for that offense in Penn State. Yeah, but it's not a question of effort. It's it's a question of like how realistically how realistic is it for him to be a, a plus blocker in the NFL? I it's think he not. Can, for, in, not. for the people who are going to be uh, guarding him. I think he'll absolutely be able to compete against them. I don't think he'll be a plus blocker every play, but I don't think he's going to be a sieve on their offense to go against blocking wise. I think he has that compete. He's extremely strong for his size. You can't get that repetition in the big 10 and not be strong for his size. He's the only reason on offense Penn state had a chance this year. They didn't have anything else. He was really their only weapon. I think that this is a guy who in when I early, don't slight fire early move, on, man. early on tape. I was like, man, he looks like a tyke out there. Like his helmet looks like it's weighing him down. And then you watch more and more tape yeah. and I'll give it to you. Outside of his body, he has issues dropping the ball. 
and that's a problem. He, he doesn't have a big catch radius, obviously, and when the ball's outside of his body, he has troubles catching it. And I know it may be kind of a knock and a plus, but if it's hitting his body clap, I know he body catches, but he doesn't drop body catches, man. He, I know. He I know. catches a, through contact, through guys that are bigger than him. He catches a lot of body catches in the red zone. They line him up, and he runs a little out. They throw it low and away, and he catches it with his body, and he's and he makes plays. He beats people in short distance. And he has the best feet out of these five he, guys, I would say. I, I think there's a really a lot to like about Hamler, especially – I mean, I liked Hollywood last year. Well, this isn't, the, the size doesn't shine me away. Yeah, I – I think he's I think I think he's similar to Hollywood. Hollywood maybe probably has a little bit more of a diverse route tree, but Hamler when he comes out of breaks, like in that in the Penn State game on the on the on the, the last play when they threw the pick and there, I mean there's countless yeah. other examples, but when he comes out his his second gear is just I think um, I think know, the insane. Lions are literally a perfect and, spot for Hamler too. Uh, I, I do too. I think I he plays too. a complimentary oh. three piece. You really don't need to ask that much out of him, especially because you have Hawkinson already. Yeah. And, and just get him the ball in space, man. They can find a place for him on their offense, and he can be extremely explosive for them. Not in the second. Not it. I don't know. I just think when you're looking at him, it's like, yes, I think there's a lot of production. A lot of games, it's like 8 to 10 catches for 79 yards, and then there's the explosive play home run ability is for there their for sure, yes. Um, but I don't. there's no real red zone threat there, and the, the size overall just is limiting. So and he has the drop issues. So, what, what do you? How do you project Edwards? Like, what do you see him being at the next level? Uh, I mean, I can see him. I think he's you know reminds me of like a lot of like a Mike Williams type of player. Um, I just think he's a, a guy who, um, I, I think he can be a number one in the NFL. I think he's going to be an extreme value for a team, and I think that's you know I gave him a first round grade, but I like him so much because I just think he he brings a lot more to the table. And he's a guy who's going to go in the second or maybe even the third round. And I, I don't see any issues in terms of, like, I don't see a lot of limitations there. I see some things that are average. But then the stuff that he does well, he does really well. I think the contested catches are great. Um, he's, he's good down the field. Um, what, I mean, what do you mean by projection, projection exactly? Like, what do I – do I have an NFL comp for him? Well, or, well, not well. You 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 basically answered it, but just like what he's what he's gonna bring to an NFL offense because I was I mean I think he runs crisp routes and he, and he's sudden like his change of direction is good for his size, but I like I think that especially putting him on the outside against like elite corners or just like NFL corners, I have trouble seeing him being able to like separate especially during like vertical well, stuff like doing Mike Williams esque routes. I think well I would um, I don't know if you watched the I mean you said you watched the Bam did you watch the Bam All Twenty Two? I mean there's there's uh, I didn't watch the All Twenty Two. If you watch the the Bam All Twenty Two, there's there's examples of him beating corners d- down the field. Like and there's one play where he gets overthrown, but he has the guy by by a whole step. Like on digs. Yeah. So he, I he 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 raked digs that. Game. Like yeah. so I I, I just, think but, I don't know if there's necessarily I don't I I don't I don't agree with the maybe the thing that oh once he plays better competition he played great games against Georgia two years in a row in 2018 and 2019 played a great game against Bama played a good game against Mizzou um, and he's versatile man he runs screens for them he runs jet sweeps and then you also have the you know, the big chain mover type of production. I think he's going to be an eight to eight to 10 catch a game type of guy. I don't oh, know, man. man. I don't think he's, yeah. I think you're giving him a little yeah. bit too much credit, man. He's he, like, if Jake Fromm is South Carolina's quarterback, how much better is the production? He's not that crisp. He's not that like, uh, you know, like he's not that of a, much of a defined number one where you can give him all those throws downfield and he's going to come home for you. I, I think, I think that, well, there's still a little bit of project there on Brian Edwards, obviously. Like, there's project on all these guys, but I don't think that he's, he's me, necessarily as pro-ready as uh, as you're making him sound. And, and me personally, like, I would rather have all all of the other guys doing the screens. And I think he's the fifth best with the Brian ball in Edwards. his hands out of these five guys. Yeah, yeah. I really do. I in terms of yards after catch, uh, his feet, ability to make people miss. Really? Yep. I'd rather he's have t- dude. Yeah, he's he's I, not. I mean, he's not like he doesn't have as much wiggle, but he has plenty of examples that I have of, of breaking tackles after the catch. He, like, yeah, just he, off pure strength. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I, don't, I mean, the, the yeah. run after the catch. I mean, you just have to go to the the Mizzou game. He has a huge. He breaks a huge screen. I mean, there's not like speed issues yeah, or anything. Was, like, 
No, I'm, I'm not saying there are speed issues. I'm just saying out of the five guys that we reviewed, I think he'd be my fifth choice in terms of someone who I'd like to have with the ball in their hands with space. Yeah, yeah well, you, you got to catch the ball first before you can do something with it in space. Yeah, yeah you're right about that. <laughs> I was, yeah, so I... You're right about that. Um, yeah, and I also I, – yeah, I, it would be really interesting to see what he would run um, in the 40. I think he'd run a 4-5. Because – he ran a four five. No, I think he would. I think he would run a four five. You think he'd run a four five? Yep. And you just oh, see man. these other guys like I know. Well, then compared to Ayuk, if they both are running four fives, I, I mean, I, I, I in the four fives. I don't, I don't know, know if Ayuk four was five. four five flat. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. this Edwards is the yeah, Edwards yeah, yeah. He is the only. A, he wouldn't run a four six. He's the only player out of these five two who didn't who didn't do kick returns or punt returns. Not necessarily someone who you would describe as an explosive athlete. Um, whereas you look at a guy like. Rager uh, returned punts and kicks. Ayuk returned punts and kicks. Chenault returned punts and kicks. Hamler returned punts and kicks. There's a reason why these guys did that. I mean, I don't want to slight Edwards too much because I really think Edwards is absolutely in the conversation with these guys. But uh, but I think that although his hands may be a little bit better than someone like Ayuk, I like I, what Ayuk does a lot better after the catch. And I think that Ayuk has a little bit more of a promising ceiling um, than, than Edwards does. But there are definitely drop issues with Rager and Ayuk and with Hamler as well. Now, I, I would I would say Hamler is a little bit more shorthanded than the other two. Uh, Rager and Ayuk stood out yeah. to me as the as the most catastrophic drop issues. Um, but uh, and and I'll yeah. go I'll go back and watch uh, Rager against Ohio State in 2018. Um, and I did read that he had better 2018 uh, than than a 2019. But still, mm-hmm. I just wasn't. Well, I don't know. I didn't I didn't love what I saw. Yeah, I was gonna say both him and Lavisca were like the receivers coming into this year, like the, the you know the next level of like tertiary receivers, um, because of their like 2018 tape. I think they both both had better years last year, for what it's worth. Yeah, and it's been definitely shaping up to be a great class. Like uh, we're talking about these these guys, and um, we still haven't talked about Justin Jefferson or C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs, all guys who are kind of considered, you know. Obviously, you know we can have different opinions on what happens, but they're all you know very much at the top of, of people's boards when it comes to receivers, and those are four dudes already. So, um, I think that there's a, a lot of a lot of talent in this group, and um, you know I, I I I like Hamler, and and in some senses I just don't I don't know I don't see the the first I just get concerned, man. You look at some of the the smaller guys that have come out, and it's like like I said, like Phil Dorsett or Nelson Aguilar, and I don't think it always pans out the way people expect it to. No, absolutely not. And I mean, I don't know. I would be kind of shocked if Hamler, Hamler went first round, but I think if 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 the Packers took Hamler, I would not think that was a bad pick at all. I really, I really Me think neither. I think he and could Hamler, bring a lot to their offense. And speaking of like, I mean, I, obviously Nelson Aguilar, I think had a, had a good college career at SC, but Philip Dorsett, I mean, Hamler was much more he, Hamler was much more dynamic than both of them in college, and especially Dorsett too. Yeah. I mean. I feel like, you know, and, and much more dynamic, too. I mean, I think the biggest knock against Hamler is his physicality and the fact that he's going to have just to be his a slot. Size. Like, you're not going to be able to play him it's on just the outside. Size. Exactly. He's physical. Yeah. He's physical for his size. Yeah, I, he can't he, be. He wants to be physical, but it's like... But you but can't you, call him be, physical. He's not a physical player. Physical. It, there's a difference yeah. between, like, being afraid of contact, like Rager is, and literally just, yeah. like, not being able to affect things because of your contact, like, like Hamler. He's not a red zone threat because of the lack of size. He can't be a good blocker. I, I, in the disagree, NFL I disagree. I would he disagree. He had red zone reps. I would disagree. This year like he's not a he score. Yeah. Just because he's, he's not, not a jump ball, ball guy, he's not a he jump ball threat. He doesn't have a great high point. Doesn't mean he's not a red zone threat. He can make people miss in short amount of space, which makes him a red zone threat. Look at um, look at a dude like Tyler Lockett, who's like one of the more underrated red zone threats. And I mean, obviously he has Russell Wilson, but I think that's why it's like route running and separation. To me, I like value that more than size, and that's. I don't know. I just thought all of these guys, um, I guess with the exception of LaVisca, because he's just more of like, like you guys said, he's just like a football player and he's just like a backyard baller and he doesn't really necessarily have the same technique as the other guys, but he's just such a good athlete. LaVisca's like Derrick Henry of receivers. You just like kind of got to, you got to, got to go with it. It's like, are you going to bring this guy to your team and figure out a way to like get him involved? and, And he's a workhorse. I mean, yeah. there were some things on tape for, from him that just were absolute jaw-dropping wow plays. So, I is it is it time for me to bring in my sixth? 
Yeah, it's uh, Lee and Tommy both have little rec- receiver sleepers here, and I'm I'm excited to hear what it's what we got going on. All right, so I went pretty far into the uh, into the weeds here to find my my sixth player to bring in, and I think he's got maybe a UDFA projection, possibly <laughs> possibly a sixth or seventh round pick. I don't know, we'll see. Um, and that's Jeff Thomas, receiver out of Miami. Um, he's from East St. Louis, Missouri. Tough kid. Um, Definitely some red flags in the background in terms of off-the-field issues. Had a, He was going to leave Miami and commit to Illinois, and there was a big snafu, and he ended up at Miami. Um, but you watch the tape, and this guy is competitive, a little bit small, exceptional athlete, um, makes people miss, and was kind of one of the, the shining lights of Miami this past year. Um, played a, Miami, that team has a lot of talent, man. Um, but uh, really couldn't couldn't get a lot of wins, but very competitive player who returned punts and kicks, athlete, made some big mistakes at points in terms of fumbles and drops, but really explosive and a type of guy that if you can clean up the off-the-field stuff, um, I think absolutely has an NFL future um, and really racked up some major stats in some games this year. Someone I kept my eye on, Jake Dietz. That's a Jake Dietz preseason this year of college football. So let me keep your eye on Jeff Thomas, receiver out of Miami this year. So I did, and uh, I really wasn't that impressed in the season. Came, went back and watched some film, and, and I think this is a guy that definitely is worth a draft pick. So throw on that Virginia Tech tape uh, in the almost comeback, Jeff Thomas. Pretty pretty impressive stuff. Um, I, I think he's definitely worth watching. Love it, Lee. Um, should I, I, mean, there's, there, I mean, there's a couple guys to go after here, but I, I think I'm going to go with the sleeper who probably – I don't think is much of a sleeper now. I think like the draft community – um, has been on this guy for, for a while. And, um, and that's Van Jefferson out of Florida. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay in the state and go with Van Jefferson, who I, I was incredibly impressed with. Um, one of the better route runners in the class, uh, best suited on the outside, but just wins with really good hands, unbelievable routes. Um, I think he's just pro ready. He's a pro ready to put on the outside. He right is now. hurt though. I um, will add. I, yeah, he he's hurt. got a foot a foot injury right now. I think that happened post combine, um, or something well, of that nature. That's that's some nice context, but I think he probably was going to be like you know a third round pick at most. You know, he's twenty four. That's like his big knock. Um, but I, he kind of reminded me of Allen Robinson. I don't know if it was because he was wearing twelve, but just a big guy who who runs really good routes and uh, is just like a really complete receiver. And I think you know. You know your team is going to get a, a steal. I think potentially. His on dad's day a receiver. Was a receiver coach um, for the Titans. Yep, <laughs> yep. I think he played in the league too. Yeah, I, I could be. I, I could be did. mistaken. I want to say he played in the league uh, as well. But just impressive. Six one two hundred. I don't know if I said that, but he he yeah. was there. He was Florida's go to guy, and um, I think if he was twenty one years old, he probably would be a first round pick. But he's twenty four, and uh, that's. A little bit of the uh, the downside to yeah. him, but I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Really, I think he's going to be a guy who produces uh, from day one as a you know a third. You want to go name for name a little bit here, Tommy? Let's go Let's name, go for, name, name. for name a little bit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw my shout out yet again to my boy Devin Duvernay out of Texas. Um, a guy who's probably yep. probably projected third or fourth round pick. Brought him up a little unofficially on the last podcast. I'm going to bring him up officially on this podcast. Um, really no, I'll go back and watch the film at some point after I'm done watching other film, but I watch enough Texas football this year to understand that Devin Duvernay, although the Texas Longhorns were a disappointment this year in college football, he's a big part of why they won the games that they did win. Um, and some of those wins were very impressive, very impressive game against LSU. They had a gauntlet of a big 12 schedule that he was very impressive through. This is a guy who obviously never going to really be an outside player. Not going to make a lot of guys miss with flashy athleticism, but talk about a guy, get the ball in his hands, and he's like a running back. Um, Super productive from the slot. Reminds me a little bit of a Golden Tate-type player. Just a Lions dream fit for me in the third round. I I, I don't think it's going to happen, but if it were to happen, I'd be in love with it. Um, And I think he's someone who, once he gets in a comfortable role in the NFL, I think he'll be an absolute stud by year three um, and make a huge impact on a team. 4-3 guy, too. 4-3 guy, straight line speed, track star. Built like a running back. Um, really, the only yeah. thing to not like about his game is the fact that he's not an extremely uh, – he doesn't create a lot of separation on the outside. 
But he can catch through contact, and he sure as heck can run through it too. So I'm a big Duvernay guy. I think, I mean, we've talked about him as like a Golden Tate S mm-hmm. player, Lee, before, and I, I completely see that as, as a guy who probably is going to be best suited on the slot, kind of like Golden Tate was when he when he first came in, and, and he, Golden Tate developed as an outside receiver, and maybe the same thing can happen for Duvernay, but I do think that at the very least he's going to be a really good player in the slot and just, you know, a heck of an athlete and great great after the catch. Um, let's keep going. I mean, this is a guy that uh, another another guy who is a, is a popular sleeper, and that's that's KJ Hill. Um, KJ Hill is a joy to watch from the technical receiver position. Uh, six six foot one ninety six, ran a four six. Who does he so remind you of, Tommy? He's, he's slow. Who does he he's, remind you of? He he, rem- he 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 reminds me of what I should be. He reminds me of me. He reminds me of you. Watch, throw on my BFL tape, and then you throw on KJ Hill's tape, and, and you're looking you're looking in the mirror. He's, he reminds me a lot, and, and people have made the comparisons before. I, I'm, I'm not, this isn't an organic comparison, but it makes a lot of sense. Is he reminds a lot of people of Julian Edelman, and I completely see it. And he is going to be, there's just a lot of good slot receivers in this class. And I think they're going to get pushed back to the, towards day three because of the depth of this class. And KJ Hill's definitely going to be one of those guys. He's a little bit older. He ran a 4-6, but just like Edelman, he's crafty. The deceptiveness, the routes. He's got great. He's a great route runner. Good hands. Um, throw on that. Uh, I, I believe it's the Minnesota tape from last year. Uh, and he and he was. I mean, Haskins. I think he had twelve receptions, two touchdowns. I mean, the guy was was all over the place. Had a good year this year. And I think Ohio State receivers are is starting to become almost like an Iowa lineman. You got Brian Hartline coaching these guys up. They're getting they're getting some of the best, probably the best coaching in the country. And they come in. They go to the Senior Bowl, they dominate, just like Terry McLaurin did last year. K.J. Hill did the same thing this year. And they come in, and they go to day day two, day three, and they come in and produce, and they're pro-ready. And I think K.J. Hill is going to be uh, next in line for that. I think that's a great analysis right there, Tommy. I'm going to climb. Got me, got me ready to go watch some K.J. Hill Yeah, I'm going to climb up the ladder. Throw, throw, throw on some, throw on some I'm going to climb up the ladder a little bit here and hit you with some T. Higgins. I know this is a guy who's getting talked about as a first-round prospect, right. a mid-second-round prospect. This is a guy back when I was in my DePaul days in editing class. I was watching T. Higgins' film in high school after he committed to Clemson. I remember watching him on the big DePaul MacBook uh, or, or the, the desktop there in, in, in the, film, the film room at DePaul. Um, Yosemite. Uh, <laughs> Yosemite, exactly. OSX. Um, T. Higgins is a guy, huge body. I want to say he's 6'5". Uh, he's listed as 6'4". 6'4". 216". I got big dude, kind of a Plaxico Burris type of player. I saw Chris Sims make that comparison. I don't hate it. Um, a guy who will surprise you sometimes with drops and, and a little bit of laziness, I think. But ultimately, the ceiling is extremely high. It was extremely high coming out of high school, and he fit the bill at Clemson, playing extremely competitive football um, over there in Clemson. And I think this is a guy who very well could sneak into the first round. I think this is someone who is a prime example of a guy who a team would absolutely fall in love with. The frame. Uh, the production, talk about Tommy. I know the coaching at Ohio State is great, but at Clemson it's pretty good too there for those receivers. So uh, T, T. Higgins uh, is a guy who I think could sneak let in, me, sneak into that first round. Let me butt in because cause I, I, watched T, I watched some T. Higgins tape too. Um, definitely has all the measurables. I know he uh, he gutted me out of my uh, – I, I put $100 on him to run under a 4.58 at the combine, and, 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 he, and he didn't run. And then he ran at he ran at his pro day and he ran I, I believe a four five seven. I know I te- I know I texted you Lee saying that he ran a four three. I don't know how this happened, but he was clocked at running a four three. But his official time was a yeah four, because it's a pro five day. something. Yeah, because it's it's yeah. it's the forty yard dash. It's a pro day and they can Jalen Jalen Rager said he was going to go to the combine and run with Rugs. Yep, he did say that. So I also said that Rugs was going to break the record. He should have. He should have. On Jim Nagy's stopwatch in Indy, he ran a four four two one. I'll have you know. That um, still wouldn't. Let's, let's just t- t- <laughs> talk about. Hey, let, let's talk. We can we can talk about my my fantastic prophecy later. Let me talk a little T Higgins real quick. Uh, Lee, I I agreed with you. Excellent body control. Just you know, he's good after the catch too. They had him a lot of end arounds and screens. Um, runs runs good routes. I think he I think he's a high floor player. I think he kind of has a little bit of a limited ceiling though. Um, he, some of his tape was a little disappointed at, at Clemson. Maybe it's because Justin Ross is kind of their number one, but he's, he kind of seemed to, to fade away a little bit for me at some times. And, and he had some drop issues. I mean, he, 
I'm forgetting the uh, I want to see, was it the NC State game Lee that I, I showed you that beautiful ball from from Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I and think he dropped it was. It. Um, um, I could I could be I mean I I probably should watch a little bit more of him, but he's a guy who I definitely think uh, you know you can take in the second round because he's a pro ready outside receiver. Um, but I do have some questions about his ceiling and what he can be. Um, I think his absolute ceiling is probably being a guy like um you know a Mike Williams who. Um, you know, is is not uh, is not potentially my 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 cup of tea, but is is worth being a you know a good number two receiver. Um, a guy I want to bring bring up real quick if I can is Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. Um, talking about slots, six one two oh six. Uh, he he pr- primarily worked out of the slot for Minnesota and was their is was their number one guy. I know they have. Uh, I think his name's Rashad Batemanly, the the kid who's yep. going to go in the draft next year. He's, he's, he's the really truth. Clepy. He, he's really good, Ottman too. Bell is and really was, good there, was, too. What's that? Uh, I believe there's a guy named Ottman Bell as well, receiver. Okay. But Minnesota, DJ. man, I, Flack baby. He's coaching up those receivers. Yeah. He knows He knows what to do. He is coaching. Clep in the Badgers hoodie talking about Minnesota football. Got to love it. <laughs> watched, watched a lot of Minnesota last year. You know, they, they, they played in the Big Ten. Logging those, yep. logging those Northwestern and uh, Illinois games. Yes, man. sir. Like what I saw, <laughs> Antoine Winfield, well, stud, <laughs> stud. Then you'll uh, you'll you'll enjoy this. I, I mean, I think he's I think he's a primarily a, a slot guy. You know, potentially can evolve into an outside receiver, but just runs really good routes. Um, he you know he has some issues with physicality and in, in, in you know in some press coverage, but. I think he's another guy who just runs really good routes, wins out of the slot, and was just a shorthanded winner for Minnesota all, all year. He kind of was, uh, you know, the go-to guy. His Penn State tape, uh, really good from this past year. Um, yeah. I just think he's a guy who, another another high floor, maybe limited ceiling guy, but can kind of be, you know, a uh, a Tyler Boyd-ish type, type player, I think, for a team. A really good number I two I want to say something real quick, too, before we keep going on this receiver. Parnell Motley, senior year. Locked down Denzel Mims, locked down Jalen Rager. Who's next? Who's next? No one talking about my boy Parnell Motley. No combine <laughs> invite. Throw on the 2019 TCU tape. Throw on the Baylor tape. Watch Mims and watch and watch Rager. Motley, he'll have a couple PIs. He'll have a couple PIs. They're not going to get theirs, though. They're not going to get theirs. R- R- Rager didn't have one reception in the game against Oklahoma. Yeah. He, he got PI'd twice. Yeah. That's that's thirty yards. I'll take that all day. Motley. I'm telling you, Motley. Uh, um, Lee, do do we, do we mind if we switch gears from receivers here a little bit? Not at all. So I I just had a little little thought as I was. I have two thoughts that I want to put out there, but this is this is my first organic thought. Um, I was going through again, like I said in the top of top of the show, that I was going through all the the position groups and just writing down all the guys that I wanted to watch, and I get to quarterback, right? And I remember last year, there's so many guys who were intriguing, like middle round guys, you know, Greer or Finley, um, you know, even you know uh, to a certain extent Locke, a uh, guy like Stidham, who you know teams really you know liked or. or People were kind of saying, oh, this guy's a sleeper. This guy could do this. This guy can do that. I go and look in this quarterback class, and maybe it's just because I don't watch as much college football, but I feel like there's less of those intriguing middle-round guys outside of the top, you know, flight of prospects. And, Lee, I just didn't know if you had anything. Kind of the resident quarterback expert. I, I don't yeah. know. No, I think you absolutely have a great point. There's a reason why I, I, I came to that crux when all this was starting in terms of off-season analysis, and I was like, well, I've got – Got to get on my spin the hog, and then I was looking at the quarterback prospects, and I had the very same thought as you, where there are definitely some intriguing names. Um, I'm not as in love with the top guys, but once you get past the the household names in terms of Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Love, Eason, Fromm, and Hertz, um, there really isn't a lot to be excited about. Uh, Anthony Anthony, Anthony Gordon. Gordon's a guy I watched at Washington State that impressed me from time to time, but I don't really think he's better than uh, Gardner Minshew or, or necessarily who, who's a guy who I kind of looked over last year and was sixth or seventh round pick. So I don't think Anthony Gordon is necessarily anything to write home about. Um, Nate Stanley is a guy who I could see being a developmental pick, similar to how C.J. Beathard was kind of overdrafted, where Nate Stanley started a lot of football games at Iowa, played a lot of competitive games, um, and definitely wasn't necessarily uh, the beacon of, of success at Iowa, but 
was the definition of a trailer quarterback who definitely he, – he, he made mistakes, but he matched those mistakes with toughness and good plays. Um, and then personally, down the line, my favorite quarterback in this draft um, that isn't a household name is my boy Tyler Huntley from Utah, a guy who I saw absolutely let it rip at Utah this past year and absolutely t- a lot to be concerned about. There's a reason why he's, he's not one of the, the household names, but I think this is a guy who should be talked about a lot more. Um, delivered the ball really well at Utah, uh, extremely gritty player, um, super competitive, throws a nice ball, could use, I mean, he's a power thrower. He doesn't have exceptional touch, but I think with the right coaching, Huntley could be a good quarterback, honestly. I think he, he could be worth a, a fifth-round pick or, or maybe even a fourth-round pick. So um, Huntley's a guy that, that I'd be looking at, but you got me stumped past that, man. I, I, don't, I really don't think that there's, there's too much to be excited about. I know that James Morgan's a guy who's been talked about from FIU for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I don't, I don't I'll, I'll be the first him. one to admit that I, I don't know who James Morgan is. I never watched any FIU games. So <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and try to say that, that James Morgan's the guy. But I will tell you one thing. I haven't watched James Morgan, but if you put Tyler Huntley in that FIU uniform, he's getting talked about a little bit more. Um, I believe that. The other thing I wanted just to quickly mention is that I, I don't know – I it's I I wonder if it's a Cleveland Farrell thing like we saw last year, but uh, Grant Delpit I feel I saw as in the top ten even of some mocks top fifteen back in January or, or in the NFL season, and now sometimes I don't even see him in, in the first round. I don't and like I Grant just... Delpit tackling. He can't. Ta- he's not a good tackler. He's a bad, 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 bad tackler. considering the safeties in this draft, I think you just said it, Clep. Winfield is a guy who I like better than Delpit, honestly. So I think Winfield is ahead of him. I think McKinney's ahead of him. I've got to watch Jer- uh, some Jeremy Chin tape, but I, I Ashton Davis. I think is that's that a guy boy, you could consider. Ashton Davis is. I just think Grant tape. Delpit is a name that is kind of fizzling out, and I think it's for good reason. Usually, these are the guys who I I, I like to, you know hop on the wagon when, when people are selling. But Delpit is a guy who I think is um, a high-risk, high-reward player who misses a lot of tackles and lets up a lot of big plays, but will make some splash plays from time to time. Not, I mean, I mean, yeah, I think tackling is the big concern, but, I mean, I think he's the best, probably the best coverage safety in, in, the, uh, in the draft. And I think it just depends on how much you value, you know. He's, you're not going to be able to really put him in the box, but I think you could put him on tight ends and you can play him as a deep, you know, a deep free safety, and he's got excellent range. He's an excellent athlete. Um, you know, my thing with Delpit is I, he, him and Christian Fulton both just really stuck out to me last year when I was watching Devin White and Greedy Williams. Um, and, and Delpit is a guy who, talking about, he probably had the best tape from last year, you know, in the conversation with Chenault and Rager. But he was a guy, Klepp, like you said, coming into this year, he was, you know, thought of as a top 10 player and, you know, kind of a, a Derwin James-esque, you know, safety to come into to the fold but he had a really bad year uh you know the Alabama game I think was a bad game for him I, Jerry Judy exposed him in the middle of uh it's a great 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 uh you know cut by Judy with him after the catch but completely put Delpit in the splits so I think it just kind of just depends on what you value in terms of you know tackling and versus uh versus coverage so could be there on the second yeah. round. Who knows? I don't know what the NFL thinks of him. It seems that the NFL doesn't really value safeties in terms of like what we see from the free agent market. And we said Derwin James dropped to 17. Um, so yeah, I think that's a definitely we'll a good point, Tommy. And especially team, you know, like your Cowboys, they're at 17, I believe this year yeah. and have seemed like they've been in the safety market forever. But if it's not, I was, if it's not really there. Uh, yeah. I was mocking Delpit. Uh, you know, I've, I've mocked out, but there, I think McKinney would be a good fit too, but they just signed. Ha ha. McKinney ain't going to be so there. It looks like they're, no, McKinney ain't going to be there at 17, man. I'm telling Tommy, you. Tommy, Tommy, don't get your hopes up about ha ha. He's kind of, he's, he's I'm, kind of, I'm he's not, kind of a bigger name. He played in Chicago last year and I watched like, yeah. a, you know, I always like to mention that I watched more bears and lions games last year and just, it's, <laughs> yeah. he's not, he has to be an upgrade over Heath though. Like, I know, I, I know you've hated Jeff Heath forever and he's not going to be, it, it's a lateral move. He'll be a little yeah. bit better than Heath, but don't don't get too excited. There's a reason yeah. he signed for one no, year, I'm four not. mil. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, he's. I mean, it looks like he's going to be now. Right now, they basically just have corner and edge, really. But they just signed Alden Smith yesterday. Shout that out. Alden, Alden Smith hasn't played football. Like How can five you years, be excited about that? Like that's like a thing that's exciting. <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing to be excited about. Because 
Just goes to show Alana how McClain sad your team is. That you're, you just are, you're just this. You're excited that they signed Alden Smith. Alden Alden Smith Alden Smith was on Alden Smith was on his way to prison if he never played football. <laughs> he should be in jail. You know how many illegal things that guy has done in the past. In the past, he had a couple DUIs. He's an he idiot. A little bit He's too an much idiot. Herb, you know. He's a fool. He's a foolish man. Who's who who I. I Listen, listen, I I think people deserve second chances. I don't think people deserve eighth chances. And I think that (laughs) if Alden Smith was listening right now, I'd say the same thing. He's a fool. He's a fool who missed his opportunity, and he's not going to do anything for the Cowboys. Prove me wrong. The Cowboys, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones throwing four, money four at a million, wall, four million throwing money at a wall for no, a pretty name gar- who's, who's got long Lee. arms. That's what, that's what that is. They don't have, they don't have anyone on the edge outside of Demarcus Lawrence and, and there's no downside to them because there's no guaranteed money. So you're bringing a guy in who, if he performs well, he's going to get $4 million. And if he doesn't, I'm sure it'll be great. I'm sure it'll August, be great so. for the locker room. She'll be a really smart move for the locker room. I'm sure it'll be a great influence on all the young players they bring in. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up here after that great Alden Smith uh, discourse. Um, I so Lee, I know that you know we've been in these trenches, but I I'm really uh, for our next prospect group. I'm really drawn to to figuring out this offensive tackle situation because uh, frankly, I'm, I'm frankly I'm tired of not knowing. Yeah. You know, and, and just being like, oh, they'll take one of the four guys. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. I don't know if I like any of the four guys. So. Um, I, I would really like to do the top four, and uh, if you guys don't mind, adding Josh Jones. I want to add more yeah, than that, I like man. That. I, and I know there's oh, more. Yeah. I know there's more guys, but just for the purposes of a of a podcast. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll do yeah, okay. we'll do Jones too. I'm just letting you guys know that after watching some defensive tape, this guy Prince Tega, I'm interested in. I want to watch more of him. Yeah, I think Prince Tega I, I've, is I've heard good things. Projectable man, and I just read that he only started playing football his sophomore year of high school. So like. He's a guy who I really liked. Um, Driscoll too, Lee. Driscoll's a good I, I wasn't as impressed by Driscoll. Tackles, I, know, I saw Driscoll. He's the white one, right? Yeah I, yeah. I wasn't as impressed by him, man. I thought Prince Tago was a little bit more impressive. Enough to for me to... Yeah, well, he, he definitely is more impressive, but I think Driscoll has a lot of versatility. Like he played, I want to say left hand. Like he just, he's played all over the line. He's yeah. played guard. He played no, tackle. No, I just I'll, think he's a, he's a good sure. day three I'll check Day him out. There's also guy. that guy Trey Adams, um, right, on uh, from Washington, who yep. he's like a mountain. Yep. He's like six seven, and yep. he and he had some in, he had some six, injury eight. issues. But I think that's a guy who I kind of want to watch too as a maybe a third round prospect. Um, did right. you see these well, linemen? Let's, let's, let's... Yeah, I just wanted to say like a guy who I thought you know I kind of laughed at myself a little bit for liking Zach Banner a couple of years ago at a USC, and he's like a sixth round guy, and now yep. he's like a he's like a rotational piece who maybe stepping in at left tackle or right tackle for the Steelers this sometime this year. So, you know, there's always yep. those deep guys who seem a little bit, hey, you know, John Runyon. Exactly. Handle, no, hand, handle that handle Lepinessa. Yeah. There no there 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 are guys, man. There Austin, are guys that Austin Jackson surely did worth, not uh, looking at. No. Austin Jackson's a guy who I'm kind of questioning uh, cuz I was watching the Utah tape too and I was like he's kind of bad. Yeah. I don't know where the Anai did an Anai Anai uh, oh, yeah. just ran him oh, in yeah. that game too. Oh yeah. Um, cool. Well, let, let's yeah. let's get some tackle talk. Let's, let's get some tackle talk. Hey, before we, before, I want to bring something up before too. we log off. Sh- All right, oh, Chicago, let's let it rip. Uh, Evan Evan Silva mocked uh, Brandon Ayuk to the Saints in his in his latest mock. Yeah, in the in, Silva, in the first Chicago round. Chicago guy, friend of the podcast, in the first round. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I don't think that'd be that bad of a I pick that this morning. I like Ayuk. I, I think either. it'd be a bit of a reach, honestly, but I, I think that Ayuk could fit well in uh, in New Orleans. Um, be great for Breeze. What I want to bring up is, and we don't have to stick on the point for too long, but I think that this Bengals-Dolphins trade is, is real, man. I think it's a possibility. I think it's absolutely I, a possibility. I haven't even heard of this. There's, there there's, con- there's conversation that the, the Dolphins might be trading all their first-round picks and Houston's first-round pick and second-round pick next year for, for the number one pick. And if I were the Bengals, I would take that trade. If I, I were the I would Bengals, I, I would make sure that – I don't know if I'd want to go back to five. Well, the thing is, if you go back to five with that, you can call up Bob Quinn. You know, I like, yeah. I feel like you could you get whoever you want. You would you could be able to Burrow. go to three. 
And and the thing is, they you know supposedly like because they coached up Herbert at the Senior Bowl. Or that's you know, the word on the street is they don't even don't like know. Tua and they like Herbert. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too that uh, when I was listening to uh, Locked On podcast with Tori Petri, right? Uh, that's who Did she make the Lions pick? Did she make the Lions pick? Yep. She made the Lions. Oh made God, Lions I got that's a must listen. Give that, give that a listen. She's Club, great. She man. was saying that she's um, great. Oh. Stud. She's awesome. Ben, ben I, is stud. And I was. Um, don't get me going. I, I, Clep, don't want to get Clep going. Um, I assume this is the same for the Bengals, though. But those were the two Senior Bowl teams, and you know, with COVID and the whole lack of you know transparency, transparency with medicals and you know face-to-face interaction with these guys, that a lot of those you know specifically Cincinnati and Detroit are going to be leaning on Senior Bowl guys. Um, which means KJ Hill is going to the Lions. I mean, if you like now. Herbert at the Senior Bowl, right, and Burrow's better, but he's mar- he's better marginally. If if the Bengals see him as like, okay, he's better, but you know, if Burrow's an eight and Herbert's a six, if, that, if that's how the Bengals see it, right, or if Burrow's a nine and Herbert's a six, then how many assets will it take for you to move to get the six and 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 build around build your team around him? See. Me personally, if they value him as a nine and Herbert's a six, that's yeah. Where it's well, like, that's a bad comparison, but because I don't think that's what no, it no, is. no. But but I don't think it. But you probably personally I do personally feel that feel or that something way, like yes. that. You might even feel it's even worse. I would so still take like, the trade if you. Yeah, I mean it's but it's interesting because you're the most valuable position. You're having a potential elite player who's twenty three at the most valuable position versus getting, you know five draft picks, five top 60 draft picks, which is like crazy, you know? So I think it's an, it's there, an interesting yeah. conversation. There's just so many holes on Not saying team. that Burrow – well, the thought experiment is, is like would – if you're Kansas City, do you trade Mahomes for – like, you know, if Cincinnati had the first pick if, or if the Miami had the first pick and they traded five or one, 18, 26, and two first-round picks next year for Mahomes, no. do no. you take that? But that's not the same conversation. So that's where it's like – no, but I'm saying if if Mahomes is a ten and Burrow that's is a nine, not, like it just depends on. That's not what it, that's not what the scale. Lee, is. My point is, it's the scale. I would, yeah. Okay, but it's 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 just about the most important position is quarterback, and if you have a guy who's a nine out of ten, that means you're going to have a chance to yeah, win. Yeah, I shouldn't have used year. the nine out of ten because it completely threw this whole thing off off track. Well, no, 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 no. I think it was good because it just shows about like you if you have a almost perfect. You know, if you almost have the perfect uh, quarterback, and that's the most valuable position, is like how much assets would it take to get that? You know? Yeah, I think it's. I think it all depends, though, because because you bring up the Mahomes conversation, and I'm saying that's a completely different conversation because we can talk about Burrow's amazing season until the cows come home. He hasn't played an NFL game, so you have no idea how good he's going to be. Mahomes also sat out his whole first year, so like you don't know how much of an immediate impact Burrow's going to make. And I think you're taking it like too literally. I'm just saying if you, what you think of a quarterback pre-draft with the Bengals, if the Bengals think that Joe Burrow is a nine, like if you were the Bengals and you think he's I a nine. I still would take the trade. the next best option. I still would take the trade. Why? Because I don't think – I think you could win a Super Bowl in a shorter amount of time accruing all of those picks and even keeping Andy Dalton and not winning this year and then figuring out quarterback next year or signing someone this year. I still think your team will be more competitive. I still as as valuable as quarterback is, I think football is the ultimate team game where if your roster is all disheveled, it doesn't matter who you have at quarterback. The reason the Chiefs are that good, well, I if think Mahomes Lee, is drafted Lee, by the Bengals, I don't think they'd be winning Super Bowls right now. I know, of course, of course, it's more of a thought experiment. But if I may, then I think you could. I think a counterpoint to that would be to point to the Oakland Raiders, where it's like quarterback does matter because they had three first round picks last year. They're going to have two first round picks this year. And Derek Carr is their quarterback. Is basically well, I, I don't you know. see what your point so is. Like, if you have a well, if you have a mediocre quarterback, a la Herbert or you know whoever it is, and you have five draft picks, I don't you know, think like it okay. doesn't. I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals. You know what I'm saying? Are planning on winning a Super Bowl within the next two years, regardless of how the draft goes, right? So you're building the next two well, years, whether it be around Burrow or you you're building your roster for the next. You're you're. Depending on what Burrow is, if Burrow is a dominant NFL quarterback, you know, which is, I don't think you can just like say that's not going to happen. I'm not saying it's not not going to happen, but even if he's Tommy, even if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Bengals, what's their record next year? Like, I think they, I think they can win that division. I don't know about that. I do. 
I don't know about that. I think, I mean, maybe they definitely have a much better chance of winning that division than they do now, but I don't think that they're, that Mahomes is going to give, what if the Bengals win one game last year? You think Mahomes is worth nine wins? Like, I think that's absurd, kind of. I really do. Well, yeah, they had they had a bad year. They started to play, you know, better towards the end. I'm just saying it's a talented team, you know? Like, this I, isn't a, a bad I roster. I, I mean, think in the grand scheme of things, it's a talented team, but you're, ta- you're still talking about a bottom five roster in the NFL. There's a reason why they're picking one. And, 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 I don't know. I don't know. You know, we don't need to have to keep having the conversation, but I just think it's food for thought. And it's I think that this, all I wanted to point out was regardless of if I do it or not, it's real. This stuff is real. And the fact that this pandemic is happening and the situation is the way that it is, is throwing a whole other wrench into the system where maybe this does happen. And maybe this is something that is getting talked about in the NFL circles a little bit more than we may be assuming. That's all. True. I liked that Mackenzie Alexander signing though for the Bengals. Good. good I, move. I did too. I did. DJ too. DJ Reader. I did too. Good move. They uh they re- still got Jermaine Pratt. Yeah. This... And they're gonna have the leading rusher in the so, NFL yeah, next year. Jermaine too. Pratt I mean, is their starting on. middle linebacker. Yeah. You know. Get that man Malik That's Harrison. Boy, right? Number thirty-three. Malik Harrison. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, and they made the mistake of cutting my boy Malik Jefferson who's out in L.A. playing for the Chargers. He's got that starting spot in L.A. right now. (laughs) I'm not giving up on that, man. Uh, All right. Should we wrap it up? I gave up on Scooby Wright. I ain't giving up on Malik Jefferson. (laughs) Scooby Wright. Oh, boy. Oh, man. OT's next, eh? OT's. Hop in the lab, baby. Let's get after it. Stay scheming. Q stay scheming.